Callan Ward could walk down Collins Street in his civvies without turning a head. Put him in a GWS jumper, though, on the footy field, and he is instantly identified as perhaps the most consistent and respected player in the game. He was outstanding. Look at him go. Ward got his own ball. Unbelievable. Welcome, Kel. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's an honour to be here. Thank you. It's been an eventful 12 months for you, hasn't it? It has been. hasn't always been positive, but uh, it's been a huge learning curve for myself and um, I've learned a lot about myself. Well, you were just indestructible. Well, you, you played for game after game. In fact, you're still the Giants' uh, games record holder. And then April last year, the ACL goes. Yeah, I, um, I had a really good run. I had pretty much no injuries my whole career. Um, had some groin issues at the Dogs in my third year where I missed about 10 games. And other than that, I had nothing. I think you had one touch. You were yep. injured after five minutes. You started on the bench that day. That wouldn't have set too well with you, would it? Nah, I did start on the bench that day. And to be honest, I don't think I'd started on the bench in about 10 years. So <laughs> it would, it'd been a while. Um, I, I didn't think about it too much. I was happy to be out there playing again. I'd missed the first six weeks. And, uh, but was I remember my weeks? dad... Wasn't that round Sorry, four? it was the first three rounds, but... I'd missed six weeks yeah. total. Um, but I remember Dad was like, why are you sitting on the bench? And I was like, oh, I don't know, like, it's just what we're doing. And he was like, that's ridiculous. It sends a shocking message to the opposition, <laughs> like you're not ready. I was like, I didn't think anything of it. So then when was I he, went down, Was he like, in, uh, at the game? Yeah, he was at the game, yeah. yeah so, yeah, so that game, um, I remember it clearly, uh, obviously. I heard, heard the knee um, straight away. I knew it was, I knew it was bad. Um, I knew that it was... Uh, probably, well, I didn't know it was an ACL, but I thought straight away ACL. Mm -hmm. uh, to be honest, it felt like my leg broke. It felt like my kneecap just snapped. Like wow. it was that. And it was more of a shock, like it was a pain, but it was a shock instantly. Um, and then went to the bench and everything hit me. Like I was, I was in pain, like my knee was killing me, which yeah. I was surprised about because everybody says the ACL yes. is, goes away. Yeah. But it got worse and worse and worse. I was icing it. Um, and Cogs came over. Uh, A.D. Schwegler, the property guy who I'm close to, was there with me with his arm around me. Dylan Addison, who I've known for many years and I'm close to, they were all there with their hand on my knee, hand around me, and all the emotions hit me. I, I started thinking about, this is an ACL, I'm not going to play for the rest of the year, I've been here for all this time, and I'm not going to be part of a premiership if we make it there. So everything mm. just hit me, and I don't know if you remember, but there, were vision, there, was, there, was, you know, there was vision of me crying and mm. had, had my hands in my face. And See, tough guys cry, mate. Tough guys cry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was really emotional. And then after that, I went down into the rooms during the second quarter, and uh, my dad was there actually waiting for me. And he said, "Mate, shit happens. Um, you know, you have to move on. You've got to go out there and put a smile on your face. Mm. You've cried. Everybody's seen you cry. You know, you've been emotional. But now it's really important to put a smile on your face and be there for the boys and be there for the club. So that's what I tried to do after that. And I tried to be really positive on the bench and." And that was because of Dad having that chat, yeah. chat to me, which was really important. Even then, the, the thought of missing a premiership went through your mind? Yeah. In round straight four? Away, yeah, straight away it did. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I, I, I believed we were in a really good spot to challenge for a premiership, like I do now. Uh, and I had full confidence we could do it. And, yeah, I guess when you, when you, know, when you, when you know deep down you've done a significant injury, you, you can't help but to think about the mm. future and, and what you'll miss out on. We're 11 months in, and, and modern times, 11 months is plenty of time to recover from a knee. Why aren't you playing? Well, my hope was to come back last year and play in the finals. That didn't happen. <laughs> um, and then my next hope was to play round one. Um, I think that's pretty unlikely at the moment. Actually, I'll, I don't think I'll be playing round one. 
Um, to be honest, the first six months didn't go to plan. I had a lot of issues. So the, the, uh, Julian took the quad graft out of my tendon mm. in the in the quad, and um, I don't. That's a pretty new thing. Usually they do the hammy or, or, yep. or, or patella. Or the uh, and 85%. This is what they say. 85% of people who have their quad graft taken out have no issues at all, and it's fine. Where I was in the 15% where I was just getting quad tendon soreness, aches, um, a sharp pain for about six months after the surgery, and um, it was consistently sore. Um, and yeah, it took about six months for that to kind of go away. In the last three months or four, four you know, four and a half months has been really good. Good. One of my uh, most graphic memories from the season 2019 was uh, Callan Ward's tears uh, <laughs> after the Giants uh, found their way into the grand final. It was a harrowing September for you, wasn't it? You miss out, you know that your footy team's in the grand final and you're not going to be there, and then they're humiliated a week later. Yeah, it was, a, it was very odd for me. Like, I feel like I experienced all the emotions you can feel, especially after the prelim final. I was so... I was so proud of the club and I was so proud of my, my mates, my teammates, the coaches, everybody involved with the Giants, all of their families. It was a huge moment for our footy club to win a prelim final and to play in a grand final. But at the same time, deep down, um, I was just so jealous that I couldn't be mm. a part of it. And um, I think what helped was I accepted the fact early in the year that I wasn't going to play. I, I, the whole year I was out for. And I, I knew I was never coming back. So I kind of... I had prepared to, to, to feel that, um, but when it hit me after the prelim, so pretty much my twin sister Aisha came in the room to say hello after the prelim, and um, as soon as I saw her, I got really emotional because she said, I'm so proud of you, and I was just, I kept thinking about how I'm not playing mm. in the grand final. Mm. So I took, uh, Aisha and I went out the front of the change rooms and I couldn't help but to cry for about three minutes. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really emotional time, and I had people there who, um, you know, they. I don't think they were sure if I was crying because I was happy or crying because I was sad or were jealous. You sure? or I didn't know why I was crying. <laughs> I was just crying. The tears were coming. I'm not a crier. So to cry like that was, um, was a bit strange. Um, but, yeah, um, at the same time, as I said, I was so proud of the boys. Well, the contrast was Toby Green jumping high enough to win the Olympic high jump <laughs> uh, in, in, in joy because he knew he was going to play in the grand final and yet the despair for you. Yeah, I think one of the most important things was I was trying to be happy around all the boys and I was trying to be excited and, and happy for them. So I didn't want to cry in front of them. So that's why I took myself out because I knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, and that was the hardest thing. I, like, Toby was wrapped, you know, Cogs was wrapped. Everybody, yeah. Cogs wasn't, he wasn't playing, but everybody was just so happy to be a part of it. And I was too, but I was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was a strange, it was a strange half an hour after that game. And then grand final day, I mean, it's not unfair to say that the club was humiliated, is it? It was just, it was a really anticlimactic performance and uh, and I, I guess, again, it was sort of this um, that would have weighed heavily on you emotionally as captain of the team. Yeah, uh, that's a strong word. I think um, it was a huge week for our footy club and, um, you know, the boys, for, for the three or four weeks before that grand final, we'd, we'd had some big games and I think the boys were pretty exhausted, like I'm sure the Richmond boys were as well. Mm. But... We got to that game and it was a massive week and we played a really good first 25 minutes of that game and we were up by a couple of goals and then a couple of things happened. Richmond kicked a couple of goals before the quarter time break and it seemed like we were a bit flat after that. We, you know, we came out at the start of the second quarter, we missed three shots on goal, they kicked four goals straight away. Before you know it, we're five goals down. Yep. Um, and we didn't recover from there, to be honest. We, we played against a team who were just 
they were unstoppable. Like, I don't know who would have beaten them on that day. No, I agree were, with that. I they agree were very that. good, and so all credit to them. And um, unfortunately for us, we didn't find the form we were looking for on that day. I think, to be fair, I mean, there's no Ward, no Canelio, and, and clearly Davis was injured. Um, Whitfield seemed underdone. De Boer was, had a, a fitness issue. So you had a lot of important players who either weren't there or weren't play, able to play at their best. The last three or four years, we've had injury after injury and we've, mm. we've had to face those challenges. And I feel like we got to a stage where we could beat that, we could overcome that. We had a 32nd or 33rd man to come in and play a role for us. And it was no different on grand final day. We knew that we had guys who probably weren't ready to play at their best, but they put themselves out there. And if you put, you know, if you put yourself out there, you have to play to a level that's good enough. And, um, we thought we had that with the players that were injured. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, it didn't really work out. Between seasons, Cal, GWS decides to change the captaincy. You and Phil Davis had been joint captains for eight years, the eight years of the club's history. Um, Stephen Cornelio comes in as the new captain. Was that a smooth transition or not? It was a smooth transition, yeah. It was, um, I think, speaking speaking for myself, but also Phil, I think we, we expected it. Um, you know, we'd been captains for eight years, um, which is a long time in this day and age to be a captain for a football club. And Cogs had been a vice captain for three or four years. He'd been in the group for about six or seven years, I think. And he was ready to take over. He was really ready to take over. I was, I was disappointed I couldn't keep doing it. I would still love to be a captain, but at the same time, Cogs is one of my best mates. He was ready for the job. He's doing a terrific job at the moment and um, he's, he's, he's stepped up and he's doing a great job. You would have heard that suggestion that Cog said to the footy club um, in the contract renegotiations that he wanted the captaincy. You heard that? I've heard it. I've heard yeah. it a few times, yeah. yeah. Um, and that wasn't... I don't think he was promised captaincy at all if he was to stay. Um, I had a conversation with Dave Matthews about if Stephen Canelo was to stay, would you be happy if he was a captain? You know, what do you feel about that? And my, my answer was... At the moment, I don't want to talk about it too much. Like, I'd still love to be a captain, but I'm happy for him to do it if that's what the playing group wants. I've always said, whatever the playing group wants, mm. whatever the club wants, I'm happy to do. And so, I don't know if this is getting too political for you, but is it a club-driven decision or did the players decide? Oh, it was a bit of both, I think. I think um, the natural progression was that everybody believed that Stephen Canelio was ready to be a captain. So it was both playing group and, and, club, and club to make that decision. It was important for you both to keep him, wasn't it? Oh, very, very. Did you fear yeah. that he may go? Yeah, I did, yeah. I mean, I, Cogs and I spoke a lot about it, and Cogs was honest with me the whole way. Um, and to be honest, like, I can't speak of him too much, but he, he was... He didn't know what he was doing. At one stage, he was gone. You know, the week later, he was staying. He was so confused with it all. Um, I guess deep down, I was always confident that he'd stay. He always wanted to stay, but there was always something in the back of his mind that was kind of pulling him away. But in the end, I think he's definitely made the right decision. And it, it speaks volumes of, I think, our football club. And yep. we've, we've had a lot of guys who have had huge offers to, you know, to go play at other clubs and they've stayed. And I think that's something that Phil and I and the leadership group in the club can be really proud of. I think we've created a... We've helped create a culture that is, is fun. Mm. People come and they work hard, they enjoy themselves. We all get on really well. We, we are successful in the sense that we've played finals now. Um, and... I feel like the players really want to play for our football club. Yeah, you, you, this clearly you're heavily invested in this mm. footy club and its future, aren't you? Oh yeah, 100%. I love this footy club. I've, I've loved every minute of it, and even I guess being here from the very start when we're getting smashed. Um, yeah. And when you go through those hard times, and we've still got about I think 12 or 13 of the of the guys who were there in our you know very first year when it was extremely tough. 
um, it means more when you when you've done all that and when you start playing finals and things like that. It's um, it's good fun now. Sheedy was critically important then, wasn't he? Oh, he's the most positive man I've ever met in football. Yep. And I think he was tailor-made for you, Blake. So when, you know, when you're getting beaten by 100-plus points regularly, yep. and he could change the mood, couldn't he? Oh, he could, yeah. And he's, he's a figure that as soon as he walks in the room, everybody listens, you know. It's Kevin Sheedy. He's a legend of the game. Um, Choco Williams was amazing from, for me and, and also for the team and the club. I thought he was, he was great. Um, but, yeah, Sheeds, Sheeds was that figure that the young boys are like, we got to listen to this guy. And I was like, my dad's maddest and he, Sheedy was his favourite person yeah. in the world. So yeah. um, to be coached by a, a, you know, a legend of the game like that was, was amazing. Whose number did you have on your back? Growing up, I had uh, James Hurd's. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. my favourite my favorite player was always Jason Johnson for some reason. Yeah. JJ was pretty hard at the footy, wasn't he? He was hard at the footy, yeah. He might have been a fraction quicker than you, was he? Quicker than me, you reckon? Was he? I don't know. I spoke to Dylan Sheel about you the other day. What did he say? He spoke about you glowingly. Like a really huge supporter. Yeah. I don't know if he just wanted to tease you or not, but he said, ask you about his pace. He was always into me about being slow, but look at him. I mean, he's can't... No-one can keep up with him, so... No, I'm slow to him, that's OK. Whatever. Lots of people are still, not intrigued, but wondering why, did the Bulldogs let you go or was the offer so good from GWS that you just had to go? Good question. <laughs> um, I mean, the offer, to be honest, the offer from the Giants was, was, was extremely good and I, I thought at the time it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. And, um, you were 21, weren't you? I was 21, yeah. yeah. And the dogs, so the dogs came to me. Um, at the start of that year, when I was out of contract, and, and, and gave me an offer that I, that, that Paul Connors and I didn't think was good enough. Um, is this 2011? This is the year I left. Yeah. You yeah, played 11. So, went, yeah. Yeah, 2011. Um, and Paul knew the Giants were coming in. I had no idea about anything, any new team coming in. Um, and Paul said, "Let's just hold off until, till the end of the year. Hopefully, play some good footy, and we can." You know, bump that contract up, and that was the plan um, from the very start. I was happy to, I was happy to sign. Like I, I loved my time in the Western Bulldogs. Mm. I'd been there for four years. Well, I you're a Westie, aren't you? I grew up in Spotswood. Yeah. Like I was, I was a, a five-minute drive from Whitton Oval, and it was perfect. Like I, 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 you know, I got to stay at school when I was drafted. When I was drafted in year eleven, um, I had all of my family around me, all of my friends, everybody I know around me, and I, I wanted to stay, to be honest. And then um, the Giants came to me about probably mid-year, um, and. The dogs, I don't think the dogs budged too much on their offer. And in the end, um, the Giants' offer was just far more significant than the dogs. Do you the dogs. remember what the dogs' offer was? Uh, to be honest, I don't remember exactly, but it was, sure. le- it was less than half of what the Giants' offer was. Less than half? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you might have even got three or four times as much at GWS. It wasn't three or four times, no. no. It, was, it was less than half, but ex- I don't remember the exact numbers. Did, did Gubby Allen lure you to... To GWS? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah I, didn't know him, I didn't know him then, but uh, he was very good at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked. So. Yes, it did. Do you know what's funny about Gubby? He, um, he's told me now, but Sauce actually really wanted me to come to the club, Stephen Salvani, obviously, yeah. and he mentioned my name to Gubby, and Gubby had no idea who I was. He'd ne- <laughs> never heard of me. He probably won't like me saying that, but I've he said He claims it. you now. He claims me he's now, which is great. Award, yeah. <laughs>
When, when you were discussing the move to GWS, did they suggest that you could be the ori original captain? Yeah, they did, yeah. So, um, the, yeah, the way it turned out was I was, in the end, I was keen to come to the Giants. I, I told myself I'm probably going to say yes. I hadn't told them that. Um, and I was going to make the move. I told probably my closest friends and, um, and my family, but I hadn't told them. I hadn't told Paul Connors even. Um, and then I had another meeting with the Giants and they offered me the captaincy. They said, if you come, you could be a captain. I was like, yeah. I don't want to come. Like, I just don't want to do it anymore. Like, I don't want anything to do with captaincy. I, I didn't have any leadership aspirations at all. Yeah. Deep down, I knew I was going to be an, ex an experienced player going to a new club, but I didn't want that responsibility of being a captain. I didn't want to do media. I hated <laughs> stuff like this. I hated talking in front of people. Um, so that kind of put me off and I had to think about it a bit more and I said no to the captaincy. I said, I don't want Did to you? do it. I yeah. said no. Um, and in the end, they said, well, why don't you just come? You can suss it out. If you think you can do it, then do it. And that's why I, I, agreed, I agreed to do that, thinking I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Like, I don't care, I'm not doing it. Mm. Um, so is it because of shyness? It was just because shyness. Yeah. Um, I guess growing up, I'd, uh, I didn't like talking to people. Like, not talking to people. I, I wasn't a good talker. Um, my, my speech wasn't very good. I, I started a lot when I was a kid. Um, I just didn't enjoy any, any of that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I just didn't want to do it. So you said no, but then ultimately you, Phil Davis and Luke Power. It was a clever uh, selection to have the three mm. of you there, wasn't it? The two new boys uh, with someone like Luke who'd been around. It was, yeah. And, um, yeah, Look, you know, looking back now, I remember getting to the club and it felt like a high school camp. Like, I was looking around. And I was 21, and I'm the experienced player. Mm. I mean, we had Chad Corns and Dean Brogan, James McDonald's, Tanner O'Hell, and guys like this who came eventually. But I was looking around, everybody was 18. It was like, it was seriously like a school camp. And, I, and when we started training, I did feel like an experienced player then. Um, and that's when I thought about it a lot more. I'd spoken to a lot of my closest friends, my wife now, Ruby, who was then my girlfriend. Um, my family, just about what they were thinking. And everybody said, you know, just go for it. Like, step out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and just do it. Mm -hmm. And in the end, that's, that's what I did. You're glad you did. I'm so, I'm so glad I did. Well, what, what actually happened was Sheeds took me for a drive one day when he knew that I didn't want to do it. And it was on the way to training. So he we went from where we were based to where we were training. It was about a 20-minute drive or something. And uh, he just said to me, you need to do this. Mm -hmm. You need to be a captain of our club. I really want you to be a captain. You've got everything you need to be a captain. And, in the end, I thank Sheeds for doing that mm. and having that conversation with me because I don't know if I would have taken it if he didn't have that. Wow. So you rewarded him by winning the Kevin Sheedy medal the first year. <laughs> yeah, you'd say that, yeah. Your consistency's been remarkable. One best and fairest, I think four times runner-up and a third. So that's six top three finishes in, um, in seven completed seasons. Yeah. You've got to be proud of that. Yeah, I am very proud of that, yeah. It's probably not something you think about too much, but... um. I guess what everybody strives for is consistency and playing and playing good football. And even still now, one of my biggest focus points is to find consistency. And every year I've played, I've been looking for that consistency. So I guess when you sit back, you know, once it's all done and, you know, you can look at that, then you could say you've, you've been pretty consistent, but mm -hmm. you're always striving to be even more consistent. Sure, so. I understand that. And I mean, I know what drives you now is the flag, isn't it? Because uh, you've been close enough to have had a taste of what it could be like. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I spoke about before, you know, when I left the Dogs, the, the, the offer to, to leave and the offer to the Giants was a really a really good one, but also the opportunity to start a new football club and, and 
from what they told me in five years' time, play finals, and in eight or nine years' time, win yeah. flags. And yeah. that, that was what, that was the common theme when I was thinking about my decision was maybe eventually I can I can be part of Premiership yeah. success. And um, at the time, I didn't think the Dogs were ready for that. Uh, in the end, they won a Premiership a few years later, mm. but I didn't see that coming at the time. And I, I thought it was a perfect opportunity, to, you know, to actually make that step and hopefully win, playing playing finals and, and you know win Premierships, but. Hasn't happened yet, but I think um, I think we're in a really good spot yeah, for it to, to happen. We're on the right path. One of the uh, guys who arrived there with you, yep. it's a bloke called Israel Folau. What are your memories? Izzy was a good bloke. I really liked Izzy. He was um, he was just a really nice, friendly, respectful sort of guy. Like we didn't, I can't say I socialised with him away from the club. I wasn't that close with him, and I don't think he socialised with too too many players, to be honest. But yeah, from what I remember. Um, he gave it a crack. Um, he was a good bloke. He, uh, I just didn't think he would... I honest, honestly didn't think he'd make it. So what did you think start. the purpose was? Why did you think they had him there? Oh, the, the purpose was to build the club. Everybody knows Everybody knows Israel Folau in Sydney, especially the west yes. of Sydney. He was a star. He was a star in a, in a different sport. And to get him, to get a profile like that, would hopefully bring other fans along to the AFL. She still gives me the impression that he believes Izzy could have made it had he stayed it long enough. You, you don't share that view? I don't think I share that view. Um, I just don't... He improved so much in terms of his fitness and understanding football, AFL, but uh, he, he was a long way off. He was our worst runner by a long way and he improved so much with his running. And I know you don't always need to be a good runner to play footy, but his, <laughs> his game sense awareness wasn't there. His, his kicking was, was not too bad, but it wasn't good. Uh, I just didn't think he'd make it, to, to put it simply. The others who came along at the same time, Luke Power we've talked about, three-time Premiership player. Chad Corns, Premiership player at uh, Port Adelaide. Yep. James McDonald? Yep. Yeah. Tell us a bit about Cornsy. He's a different unit, isn't he? He's a different unit. He was uh, one of my favourite blokes, to be honest, in football that I've ever met. I love, I love him. He, uh, he was really good for my career. He's a very, as you know, he's a very serious sort of guy when it comes to football. He's, um, you know, before the... Before the games, he's bumping blokes, and if he bumps you, you feel yeah, it like yeah. it hurts. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, ta I'd take it easy before a game. I just want to just give a few handles. I don't want to tackle. I don't want to get hurt before the game. But he runs through us, so I hated that side of him. But it worked for him, and um, he was a great figure around the club because everybody listened to him, and everyone, to be honest, everyone was scared of him. And <laughs> when he was around, like we used to play cr cricket in the change rooms, as soon as he was in the rooms, we, we wouldn't play because if he, if a cricket so ball hit him, if a tennis ball hit him, he would. He would skits it, so <laughs> really? he, was, yeah, he just hate, he just hated things like that. I want to ask you about the origin of your bulldog's nickname, <laughs> Cement Head. Now, <laughs> me being slightly precious, yeah. would would sort of probably take offence at that. But it was I've spoken to the bulldogs boys. That was clearly um, the origin of that was the way you attacked the footy. Uh, I don't think it was clearly. I don't think that was clear. <laughs> I think to me it was very unclear. Oh really? Was uh, it? I didn't know. Like they, they used to joke around that like I'm not, you know, you're not the smartest tool in the shed, Smanhead, things like that. So yeah. like, and I never ever took offence to it ever. You didn't. And I knew that most of them would call me Smanhead because, if not all of them, would would call me that because of the way I attacked the footy apparently. Yeah. Um, but they used to joke around about you know not being smart and being dumb and all this sort of stuff. But it never offended me. So I thought it was just a good. No, you didn't take offence at that? No, never. No. Uh, what was who? Um... Who coined that? Uh... It was uh, Gia. I don't know if it was Gia or Bob Murphy. I reckon Gia. They still call me Cement Ed. Do they? Will Minson loved it. Like, all of them. 
Yeah. Daniel Cross, Matthew Boy, they all love. They I reckon Murphy would have his fingerprints on it. I reckon he would as well. But I think um, I'm going to put it down to Gia because okay. Gia, yeah, Gia, Gia used to love it. Now your grandfather, Bill Gunn. Yep. That's your on your mother's side. Obviously. My mum's dad. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, I'm old enough to have remembered him. Is that Did, right? Do you know much You're about not that him? Old are you? I'm about 140, I am. Um, but I remember seeing Bill play. Bill was a brilliant player. Yeah, well, I never got to see him play. Played in South Melbourne, was captain, South, I think. He was captain in the uh, in the 50s, I think, for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every, every time I speak to people about him, they say he was a wonderful player. Yeah. I think he just missed a team of the century. Um, he he passed away when I was one, so I don't remember him. One. When oh. I was one. So 1991, he passed away. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, apparently he was a very good player and he was, he was a leader and a captain at, for a couple of years, so... Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. When I ask you about your co-captain of the last eight years, yeah. and obviously a very close friend, he was Phil Davis. I'm intrigued by him. He's a brilliant performer in the media, and notwithstanding the fact he's a great footballer too. Yeah. Um, you're different styles, you two, aren't you? Yeah, very different styles. Um, I mean, I've got... I can thank Phil. I will thank him for the rest of my life for being the person he is and the mate he is to me. Um, I think... There's been times when I've really had to lean on him when I'm trying to address the group, and obviously he speaks a lot better than I do. So he's he's given me tips on how to how to go about that. He's given me tips on a lot of things, and um, I think that's why we've worked so well. Is because we are a lot different, but for some reason we've worked for a long time. Do you still get nervous when you've got to address the group? I get nervous every time I speak to people. Every time I speak to a group or, or yeah. do things like this, I get extremely yeah. anxious and nervous. Yeah. You put yourself down a bit. I mean, you, you're handling this quite well. Yeah, I mean, I think I've, I know I've gotten a lot better. Yeah. Uh, but if you had a scene where I was in 2008 or 2004, it was... Uh, I'd hate to watch myself back then. It's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> so... Um, we all grow. We, we all, all grow, grow yeah. and we all mature. And yeah. that's that's something I'm really proud of, is that I have improved a lot in, in this sort of stuff. And it's... Uh, I don't say it's something I, I, I enjoy yet, but I'm definitely enjoying it more and more. The, the career's far from finished. You're um, about to turn 30. Yep. Um, so far, because you didn't have the grand final experience yourself, yep. what's been your highlight? Uh, to be honest, last year was a highlight. Not the highlight. Even though you played five minutes of the season. Yeah, I mean, it was five minutes the whole season, including pre season. Yeah, I haven't played since 2018, really, but it was a highlight in a sense that I learned so much about myself and you get a different perspective of football and even life. Um, and you realise that footy is so important to us and um, it's an amazing thing to, to do and to, to play and it's your, it's your job, but at the same time there's so much going on in, in life and there's other people in worse situations than me sure. doing my knee and it just gives you a, a huge perspective. So that's a highlight in a way that I've learned a lot about myself and about life, I think, in the last 12 months. But so the learning was th there's a bigger world out there and, and more pressing issues? Well, the learning is that when you go down with an, with an injury and one that's an, an ACL, which is a significant injury in terms of AFL football, people tend to feel really sorry for you. Mm. And um, I mean, I got so many messages and calls with support and love and it was amazing. But when you think about people who are terminally ill, yep. who have children who have been told they'll, you know, they'll live for 18 mm. months, who, I mean, that's, that's real life stuff. Mm. So when you, when you think about a knee injury, it's like big deal, you know? Like, and that was the perspective I got was that, I mean, I've always had that attitude, until you do it, you don't really, mm. you don't really think about it too much. And um, that's what really helped me get through was um, realising that it's not that bad. You know, I'm, I'm, I won't play for 12 months. Um, I'm in rehab group, it's pretty lonely, but yeah. there's people out there who won't be here in 12 months. And sure. 
that's really helped me the last and, 12 and months. And you've got a baby now, haven't you? And I've got a baby, yeah. Romeo, who was born five weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so again, that's a different perspective. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I'm one of many who love watching you play. Um, you'd have a much bigger reputation if you were still in Melbourne, but you're not. You've taken the money and gone to Sydney. <laughs> taken the money, yeah. <laughs> so it's great to see you, and good luck to you and, and to the Giants this year. Uh, thank you Thanks, very much, Kel. Mike. Thanks for having me on. This has been a Fox Sports production.